What have you done for me lately? That's a saying that somebody, most of you have probably heard. And it's a saying that I think most of us, whether or not we think about it or not, say to ourselves on a regular basis. You see, we as humans have recency bias. We're always interested in, hey, what have you done for me lately? You see, it's easy to remember the thing that happened good last week um, and forget the thing bad that happened two weeks ago or vice versa. Uh, say you have a coworker who two weeks ago um, paid you a compliment, said that they were really happy with the work you were doing and they thought you did a really good job. That same coworker yesterday tells you, hey, I don't think this is, this is the best work we can do. We, I, think you, I think you can do better than this. Which one are you going to go home that night thinking about, concentrating on, worrying about? Is it the compliment that you got two weeks ago? Or is it the most recent thing where you were told you could do better? And this isn't just, you know, myself or us. It's humanity. And I think... Um, funny enough, like for myself, like I have a bit of ADD and I think that I, I tend to forget and kind of forget about the old stuff and, and, and concentrate on the new a little bit too much. Uh, my wife will tell you that I'll start one job and about halfway through I'll get distracted and start another job and then another job. I'll, I'll start three different jobs and instead of finishing one job completely, I've got four different tasks that have been partially figured out to different extents and my wife will tell you that it drives her nuts and this isn't just me as somebody who has a little bit of ADD um, it's us as a society we are getting we are getting more and more worse with our attention spans I don't know if that sentence makes sense but we are we are think about think about yourself when was the last time you sat down and you watched the TV and you didn't look at your phone or you went to the bathroom and just sat there. What did people do in the bathroom before YouTube, right? We, as a society, our attention spans are getting less and less and less. And this has been documented through different scientific studies. And a lot of it has to do with our smartphone. Even though we have all of the information in human history at literally at the tips of our fingers, we are remembering less and less. Our ability to concentrate on one thing is becoming more and more diminished. Now, this is part of just the human condition, right? Um, this is just kind of what us as society is having to deal with. And I'm not here to give us an answer, but I'm just saying that as when we, when we do things and our instinct is just to pull out our phone and look at it, we, we're trying to distract ourselves. And like I said, I've, I've got the, the ad, um, and I'm just as guilty of this, if not any, if not at all, if not more so. Um, at the beginning of January, Megan, Got a job, so the last couple of weeks I've been taking Paisley to and picking up, picking her up from daycare, from preschool most days. And there was a day, I think it was last week or the week before, but I forgot my phone inside my my van, my car. So we go there, and, and I'm there, I'm standing there with all the other parents, and we're waiting for our kids to get out of class. 
and I realize I am the only one not looking at my phone. And <laughs> I, I swear I got a dirty look or two about like, why aren't you looking at your phone? You know, like what, why aren't you doing that? Like, and I just started thinking to myself, like, what would, what would have happened before the age of phones? You know, like we probably would have had conversations. I would have known these parents a bit more. But the truth is, is that it's it's kind of this comfort zone that we've come to that we that we need to be distracted, that we need to be thinking about the most recent thing. And we start and that question of what have you done for me lately starts coming up. And this isn't just true with, you know, our modern day attention spans. It's true that we're going to learn about in the Bible as well. Today we're, continu we're continuing our series in, series in Exodus, so we're going to be in chapter 16 and 17, if you want to go ahead and open up there. But we, but we, we see that even back at the beginning of the Bible, humanity had a bit of a recency bias with God. What have you done for me re uh, recently? What have you done for me lately, God? And that's just not you know, the bad guys, that's this Israel, that's, that's, that's the chosen people of God. They're saying, God, what have you done for me recently? And the thing we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about this idea of Sabbath and how important the Sabbath is and how God gave us the Sabbath as a gift, as a gift, as an act of remembrance. You see, Sabbath is this thing that we, we learn about and we read about in the Bible. And it's a big deal to God. It's such a big deal that it makes the top ten list, right? And yet, it's still, it's still the rule that we're, we're most comfortable with breaking, right? It's in the top ten. You know, love your, you know, love God and love your neighbor and, 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 and don't kill and don't commit adultery and all the big ones and honor the Sabbath. It's just as big and important to God, but yet we're still just as comfortable breaking it. You see, God gave us the gift of the Sabbath and it's partly, it's meant to rejuvenate us. It's meant to, It's meant to give us an, a, a time to slow down and not always just be caught up in the, in the trying to get ahead and the hustle and bustle of life, but to, to sit down and relax and breathe in fresh air and smell the roses, as they say. But what I'm going to argue about today, is, and I'm going to say is that I think the Sabbath is an act of remembrance. It's a gift of helping us to remember what God does for us every single day and how it's a challenge for us to remember to get to to be faithful and to count on his provisions even when it's hard even when we don't widely see what god has done for us lately even when we forget that thing that god helped us with or that door that he opened for us you know last week or last month or last year you see, the gift of the Sabbath is a gift of remembrance. 
And part of the reason I think that God wants us to, to he takes it so seriously, it makes the top 10 list is because it is meant to remind us who God is and who we are in light of who God is. So like I said, if you have your Bible, go ahead and open up to Exodus chapter 16. And just to do a little bit of a recap of what we what, what happened before, um, uh, we, you know, God sent Moses and Aaron and they went to the Pharaoh and they said, let my people go. And Pharaoh said no. And God did all these amazing, miraculous things. He sent these plagues and he reminded Pharaoh and the Egyptians who he was and said, let my people go. And finally, Pharaoh relents and the, the, the people go to the, the Red Sea and, and, and then Pharaoh has a little bit of buyer's remorse, I don't know, um, letting his slaves go remorse. And he chases after them. And, and instead of going around the Red Sea, Moses lifts up his staff and the, and the sea widens and the people walk across dry land and it's a miracle and when they get over to the other side they begin to worship God they begin to sing his praises they begin to dance and and that's just what happened uh, and, and previously to this this passage but how quickly the people forget it says starting in verse in chapter 16 starting verse 1 says the whole Israelite community set out from Elam and came to the desert of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai. On the fifteenth day of the second month after they had come out of Egypt, in the desert the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted, but you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. God, what have you done for me lately? At least in Egypt, we had pots of meat. They're remembering the good old days. Uh, as, human, as, as humans, we remember, we tend to remember things, even bad things, even, even things we didn't enjoy in, in the best light possible. And as the saying goes, it's better the devil you know than the devil you don't. In Egypt, at least they had expectations. They knew what was going to happen. They knew what every day was going to bring them. They were going to wake up and they were going to slave away. And then they were going to go back and they were going to eat their meat in their pots. And they were going to go to sleep and they were going to do the same thing the next day. But you see, God is good and he, 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 he hears them crying out. And he tells Moses and Aaron that he's going to, he's going to provide for his people. Jumping ahead to verse 7, it says, In the morning you will see the glory of the Lord because he has heard you grumbling against him. Verse 12, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites tell them, At twilight you will eat meat, and in the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening the quail came, and they, 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 ate, they ate the meat. And then in the morning... Verse 14, when the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, what is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, it is the bread of the Lord has given you to eat. 
funny fun fact fun just kind of bible knowledge um the word manna the, 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 that's what just we're describing here this manna from heaven the the bread of life that comes from heaven that appears every morning literally translated means what is it what is it it's the bread of life come from god he is providing for you he sent you quail he sent you bread and and, and that's not just it's not just a one-time thing. This is something that, that God does on a daily basis. And and Moses says, and Moses and Aaron give the instructions that don't take advantage of this. Just gather enough for what you need for today. You don't need to hoard away more because tomorrow God will provide again. This is what the Lord had commanded, verse 16. Everyone is to gather as much as they needed. Take an omer for each person you have in your tent. The Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some gathered little. Verse 18. Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed. Then Moses said to them, No one is to keep any of it until morning. However, there's always that one person, right? However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it until the morning. But it was full of maggots and began to smell. So Moses was angry with them. And then Moses tells them again. He says, each morning everyone gathered as much as they needed. And when the sun grew hot, it melted away. On the sixth day, however, they gathered twice as much. Moses, he said to them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow is to be a day of Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. So bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil. Save whatever is left and keep it until morning. So they saved it until morning as Moses commanded, and it did not stink or get maggots in it. This is on the sixth day, remember. Six days ago, you were to get six days you are to gather it, but on the seventh day of the Sabbath, there will not be any. Nevertheless, some of the people went out and on the seventh day to gather it, but they found none. When the Lord, Then the Lord said to Moses, How long will you refuse to keep my commands and my instructions? The Lord has given you the Sabbath. The people rested on the seventh day. See, the Sabbath is meant as this gift, as this, this act of remembrance to know that God will provide for us every single day. And on the sixth day, we're to gather extra because we know that God won't, that the next day we have to trust that that is going to withstand us through the next day. And it goes on to talk about how, how Aaron and Moses, they gathered up a, 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 a a bunch of this manna and they put it in a pot and they put it in the Ark of the Covenant eventually with the Ten Commandments. And how it was meant to be a reminder of the ways that God provided for them in the desert. In the desert. An act of remembrance. You see, the seventh day is meant to be a day of trust. It's meant to be a reminder that God is providing for us on a daily basis. And you take one day a week and you don't do anything and yet somehow you still live. You see, oftentimes we can get caught up with this idea that 
Sabbath is meant to just be a day of relaxation and a day of, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to be productive, you know, or I'm going to do chores or Sabbath for, I think all of us is, is different. It's supposed to be a rejuvenation, but it's also supposed to be an act of remembrance. In the same way, a couple weeks ago, I, I, I preached about how uh, taking communion comes from the Passover meal and how it's an act of remembrance of what God has done for us what Jesus has done for us. Sabbath is a reminder that we can only count on God. No matter how hard we work, no matter what we do, we're never going to get ahead enough. And it goes on in verse in chapter 17, and it basically repeats the story. You see, part of the reason why we're going through Exodus right now, the, the, the first book of the Bible that we as a church are going through, is because... I, I believe, and a lot of biblical scholars will say the same thing, that if you understand Exodus, you can understand the whole biblical story. Because essentially it's the same thing happening over and over and over and over again. God makes a promise. The people break the promise. They yell, they yell out to God for help. God helps them and says, don't do that again. And then the people do it again and repeat, repeat, repeat. Except for in chapter 17, it talks about how they're, now they're thirsty. And, 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 and God tells Moses to, to hit a rock and water comes flowing out of it. And then they're, 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 they're faced with a battle against the Amalekites. And Moses tells Joshua to, to raise up an army to go fight them. And Moses is to let, take his staff in his arms and hold them in the air. And as long as he does that, the Israelites are winning the battle. It's a direct callback to when Moses was holding up his fist and his staff, his hand and his staff, and the Red Sea. As long as he does that, the Red Sea stays open. It's this idea that over and over and over again, God shows up. But we are always have this recency bias and we ask ourselves, God, what have you done for me recently? And the Sabbath is meant to be a reminder that God provides for us every single day. Yeah, it's easy to kind of have that, that praiseworthy moment, that, that, that moment where you can go to the Bible study and you can say, God provided for me in this way. You know, I needed to pay a bill and then a check came. Or I needed to, to, you know, I was hungry and, and, and God provided food. Or um, I didn't know how I was going to do, how we were going to, you know, pay rent this week. And then something happened and it made it so I could pay rent. Those are awesome, amazing stories. But the truth is, is that God provides for us every single day. And when we take that one day a week, one day a week, we can remember that there's nothing we do that God isn't providing for us. The harder we work on the, the, the see when we take the take the seventh day off when you take that Sabbath, it doesn't matter how hard you work. The rest of the day is because you know that God will provide for us. It's reminiscent of what Jesus talks about in Matthew chapter six, where he says, you know, you see how the the birds of the air and the flowers of the field, how even they are so much lower than you are, but God still takes care of them. They don't worry about where their next food is going to be. It's this act of letting ourselves go and just trusting that God is going to care for us. And let me tell you, 
I'm going to be the first one to say this. I'm just as guilty as everybody else. In fact, I'm probably more guilty of everybody else. Sabbath is something that I have a really hard time with and I struggle with, especially since I've become bivocational these last few months. There's always work that needs to be done. There's always something that has to get done. There's always a, a deadline coming up. There's always something that needs to be, you know, a sermon that needs to be prepared for, a project that needs to be finished at work. But this is what I need to do. I need to challenge myself and I want to challenge you. And I want to challenge you to challenge me. To remind me of, are you taking a Sabbath? Are you remembering the ways that God is providing for you? You see, in the end, Sabbath is an act of thanksgiving. It's an act of remembrance. And some days it's easy to do that. Some days, you know, you, you, you got a little extra money in your pocket. It's a shiny day. You're having, you know, you, you, you're, you're having a good day with your wife and kids or your husband and your kids. And some days it's hard. Some days it's hard to remember that God is with you and he's opening doors and he's, and he's, and he's there blessing you and he's, he's sustaining you. That's why once a week we need to take that time and we need to concentrate. And we need to stay, thank him for the ways that he provides for us on a daily basis. So that's what I want to challenge you this week. I want to challenge you to to, to take Sabbath seriously. To to remember, to, 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 to do it as an act of rejuvenation, as an act of remembrance. That God will sustain you in the good times and the bad. Let's pray. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this chance that I have to share your word, Lord. God, I thank you for the gift that you've given us in Sabbath and this opportunity that we have to remember you. And God, forgive us for the times that, that we, we've, we've grumbled, we've complained, and we've forgotten the ways that you have taken care of us, Lord. God, I pray that not only myself and, and my family, we remember to take Sabbath together, but that we as a church find ways to Sabbath as well. That we find ways to remember the ways that you have provided for us. God, I pray that as we go this week that we carry your good word into the, into the world and that we share the gospel with those we love and those that we encounter, Lord. Whether it's we tell them directly about the sacrifice you made, your son made for us on the cross or whether it's through a smile or holding open a door for somebody. God, I pray that you continue to sustain us in all that we do. Pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless.